if it's staggering or not. I want you to know that uh, I'm a bit crippled up in staggers. <laughs> and the reason being, I took my dog for a walk and she had a long lead. It's got tangled up in my legs and left me lying flat on my back with a bit of a busted hip. So if I kind of uh, fall down, just come and lift me up again, I want to finish this message. <laughs> well, why are you here? Why are you here this morning? I could pick out a few people and say, well, why are you here this morning? Did you know I was preaching, or did you just say that now? <laughs> why, why are you here this morning? I mean, you could be in a lot of places and doing a lot of other things, but you're here. Now, I could pick out people and say, why are you here? But the main reason that you're here is because of the faithfulness of other people. You're here because other people had a story to tell and told it and lived it out. That's the reason you're here. God could have had all kinds of ways for giving his message for the kingdom. He could have used all kinds of means. Got to, got to, got to go angels. Could have, uh, could have had uh, people to, uh, who were especially anointed to do the uh, message that he had to bring. But you're here because of the faithfulness of others and because of God's great plan for salvation. His great plan for salvation was to use the everyday and the ordinary like you and me to take his story and bring it through our words and through our lives so that people would know others. You might have seen that gentleman helping me up on the platform here this morning. His name's Jen, John, uh, his name is Ben Peters. Uh, we're going to take up an offering for Ben in a little while to get a new pair of trousers, you might notice. <laughs> <laughs> but the knees are both of his. Ben's uh, here because of some other people telling the story. His father, John Peters, was my youth pastor in Canberra quite a lot of years ago. And uh, John had this lovely heart for the Lord and uh, 
I met him while I was ministering in a place called Geraldton in West Australia and he was working over there as the youth pastor and he felt called of God to come to us in Canberra and and then uh, so we were there together and he uh, went on to Adelaide and met a lovely young lady and he took his story that he had and uh, Ben is now a youth pastor in Adelaide and he because of his father John and because of his lovely mother he's in the kingdom today the, through the story brought through the lives of others that's how all of us are here today because we have heard the word through the faithfulness and the word of the everyday and ordinary people that surround us in a part of our life. That's God's plan. That's what I call the faith chain. And it goes way back. You listen. In, in Jesus' prayer to the Father in John chapter 17, he's, uh, he's praying at for the disciples and he's praying that God would keep the disciples so that they could tell their story and then he says this my prayer is not for them alone I also I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message so God had the plan, Jesus prayed to the Father and said, these are your disciples to go and take the message. So he says, I pray, and I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. And so the disciples, in the short time of time that they had after the resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit. They had a short time to be faithfully sharing the good news of Jesus. The story. Their story. And you can take each one of them and we, we have their stories, most of them, of, uh, of what they were beforehand and what happened in their life beforehand and then what happened to them when Jesus came and dwelt among them and then what happened when they saw Jesus in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, and then now in his coming again. And so the disciples brought the message to some people. And he says, I pray, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So those disciples told some people and those people received the Holy Spirit within them and they then took the message to some other people who took the message to some other people, 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 who took the message
to some other people who took the message to you yeah. and to me. And we all have our story. So what's our first calling? I mean, we're called to be uh, to love the Lord and to serve the Lord and to, and to seek to do good for those around us. But above all else, we are given the incredible blessing and opportunity of telling our story yeah. and living our story. And there are people in the kingdom today because of your story. And pray God there'll be many others in a time left ahead who will be in the kingdom because of your story. You've got a great story, every one of you. Do you realise what an incredible story you have to tell? You say, well, maybe you know, I, I was never a great drunkard and then found the Lord, or, or I didn't, uh, I wasn't uh, 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 some awful person, or I wasn't some, someone who was going to commit suicide and, and uh, jump over a cliff and found out that it was only a trench and didn't really get hurt much at all, and that I'm okay now. I mean, we can have, we can. Uh, we, we don't need to have that kind of story. We only need to have the story of our life and what's happened to us and that we have heard that Jesus died and rose again and, is, and is, will come and dwell within the hearts and the lives of all those who believe. What a story you've got. No matter how young you are or how like me, how old you are. You've got a great story. Your story goes way back. That's the faith chain. Your story begins with one of those disciples. I wonder which one of the disciples it was that told someone who told someone who told you. I wonder. I often think, I think, often think it was Thomas with me. Or sometimes when I get cranky, I think it was Peter. <laughs> but whatever, one of those disciples faithfully shared their life and their words to bring someone else to Jesus. Who brought someone else to Jesus? Who brought someone else to Jesus? Who brought you to Jesus? Yeah. It would be good for you to know something of your story. Think about it, because... It would be great to share with some others and to let people know that you're part of the faith chain. Just think about it. I, I can think in my, my story, um, I can remember back, I can think back as far as, as several generations. The first one I can think about was a, a, a Methodist minister who came from Ireland and he, he came to Australia to be part of the Methodist church here in Australia. He, he found Jesus and uh, so he became a minister in the little town of Toronto, just not far from here. He was the Methodist minister. He wasn't greatly liked because he was as straight as a die. 
and he told people what he thought. And that that isn't always the, uh, greatly acceptable. And so even within, within the church that he was part of, there were those who liked him and those that didn't like him. And he didn't get on all that well with some of them, but because he was so straight. But what, what he did, when he found himself being a bit rejected, he began to just go from door to door there in Toronto to the homes of people to tell them his story about finding Jesus and what that meant. And, and he was, uh, he came to the door of this young couple who had not long been married and who were part of a Gilbert and Sullivan Society. He, he was the uh, lead, he was the, the lead uh, director and she was the lead soprano. And I happened to be in that society and I was singing there also. And we happened to live in the same little town. And they were so excited when they found Jesus. This, this Irish part minister called at their home, they invited him in, and right there by the, the old copper in their laundry, they got on their knees and gave their hearts to Jesus. And then they became so excited about what had happened in their lives that they, uh, as part of the Gilbert and Solomon Society, they were telling their members there as well what had happened in their lives. And then they said, seeing we live in the same little town and we go to Newcastle for the rehearsals, why don't you come with us, Dan, and in our car and, and we'll just travel together. So I did that because it was saving me a little money and a bit of time. And they were excited about their faith in Jesus and were telling me about Jesus. They were telling me their story. I thought they were nuts. <laughs> but I thought they were nice nuts. And, 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 and gradually, over a period of about two years, they encouraged me. And I mean really encouraged me because I let them down so many times. And I would get drunk and, uh, and not arrive at, at, at their home with an invitation or something else would happen where I just... And they never condemned me. Never spoke against anything that I did and the way I operated my life. They just told me their story. Until I could resist no longer the grace of God and the love of Jesus flowing out from their lives. And I found Jesus at the age of 26. And not having ever gone to church before, I found Jesus through their story. They were ordinary folks. But they had a story to tell. You've got a story to tell. And I've been telling that story ever since just, that's, that's been my ministry. Uh, I've been called an evangelist. I've been a minister of the gospel. I've been all these different things title-wise, but listen, what I've been is someone who just tells the story of something that really happened in my life. 
I remember when we first came to live back here after Canberra, we went to live at Wanji. And I'm, I'm a fisherman, I love to fish. And I'm fishing down in front of our house. And uh, this old fella, about as old as I am now, I'm thinking a few years back, and he's, he, he came down along the beachfront where I was fishing and with his little dog called Scruffy, and both of them suited the name. And, <laughs> and we came, they, they came past me, and he stopped and he just says, G'day. I said, G'day. He said, My name's Wall, and I just live down the street from you. I said, Oh, okay, well, that's, that's good. And he said, uh, where do you come from? I said, oh, I come from Canberra, well. Mm. He said, uh, what you do for a crust there, mate? I said, oh, well, I was, I was a minister. Oh, he said, which party? <laughs> and I said, oh, I said, it's a real party. But I said, uh, I'm a minister in the, of the gospel. Oh, he said, mm. Uh, I said, I'm, I'm an evangelist. Well, oh, he said, I hate evangelists. <laughs> he said, they're a bunch of bums, he said. They're just after your money, that's what they're after. I said, oh, is that right? Well, yeah, yeah, he said. And he walked on. Well, uh, I kept on fishing and Wall kept on walking past. And at first he didn't talk to me for a while, but then he did start to talk. And then I would uh, get a bunch of fish that I'd catch, and I'd clean some of them, and scale and, and fillet some of them, and take them down to Wall's place. And all the time telling him a story, just my story. Gradually, Wall became a friend. And I had the privilege of going to the hospital and leading him to Jesus. Just telling the story. And that's all that we're called to do. That'll be your greatest ministry. And, and you don't feel that you've got nothing much to share. You've got the greatest story ever told to share. And just in your own words, in your own ways. You don't have to be a theologian. <coughs> it's good, the better and more you know about the kingdom, the better it is. But all that you need is to know that you belong to Jesus, and you belong to Jesus, and doing that, you're part of his eternal plan. <coughs> Sue and I were up in Darwin, and we had to go out, we were in the city, and we had to go out to Nunganinia Theological College this year, and do some ministry out there. So we got a taxi. He got in the taxi, and while I get in the taxi, I'm whistling. I used to whistle a lot. And there were 
and the taxi driver just looked at me and said, what have you got to whistle about? So I told him. <laughs> and, and after we'd been travelling about halfway down to Langwood he pulled over to the side and just unloaded me. His life was a mess. And he was a mess and he felt no hope. And we just told him our story. And he opened his life to Jesus. That's your story. You, you've got a wonderful faith, Jane. It goes right back to one of those disciples. It would be a good thing for you to think about your faith, Jane. Think back, what's been the influence that's brought you to the place where today you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and is your Saviour, that he died for your sins, that he rose again and that he now comes by the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. And that your story doesn't have to be a dramatic one, you don't have to say how you were struck down by lightning or something like that and suddenly you found the Lord. Or you've got nothing. You may be, your story may be more like just a, like a, a bud of the branch that just gradually, gradually opens and comes to life. And you couldn't tell you the, the very moment, you couldn't tell the very moment that you came to believe but you know that you believe and you know that it's happened. And I want to tell you, it's, it's, you believe and it's happened because some others, whether it was a music ministry mob or whatever, it was a youth group, or whether it was just some person who drew aside and told you the story, you know today that you're in the kingdom and that you belong to Jesus. And that's the greatest thing to your life. Tell that story. It's a great story. Yours is a great story. Because it's the story of a life that has been saved. And a life that's been reconciled. A life that's come to know you. That's, that's what he was saying there in Acts chapter 1 when he was gathered with his disciples and just before he ascended into heaven and told them he's sending the Holy Spirit to them so that they can have the story to tell and the power to tell it. He just said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What a story. You're
you should be witnesses. That's the greatest thing you can be. And that's, and that's what we are. We are witnesses of the greatest event that ever took place in the history of the world. We are witnesses. But uh, when Jesus said that, you shall be my witnesses, that's what he said more than he didn't say anything else about it. You shall be my witnesses. Well, now, what's a witness? Well, in, in law court terms, a witness is someone who tells what they've seen or heard or experienced in some particular event or some activity. You're, you're telling the story of something that you have experienced and been part of. That's, that's all you're called to do. Then he does the job, he does the work. You've been set up for that reason. You've been given the Holy Spirit for that reason. So that you can tell what you've seen, what you've experienced, what you've come to know. And God's plan through Jesus and the world. That's what a witness is. And, and a lot of us are a bit reticent about sharing like that because we, we, uh, we are uh, a bit fearful of sharing with other people. We were, especially Aussies, find it difficult because we've been always told don't talk about politics or religion to anyone else. And it gets sinks in. And we find it difficult to talk about our faith. But this is what we're called to do, just gossip the gospel. <laughs> just share it as a natural part of your life. And so but we, what we need to remember is that what we are is witnesses. And so in the law code sense, a witness is someone who tells what they've seen and experienced. Just tells them. We're not we're not the counsel for the defence. And often we're a bit concerned because we feel that we don't know enough to be able to share and tell enough to be able to let people know. And, and we, we draw back because of that. We're not called to be a counsel. Jesus needs no defence. He needs no defence. We're also not the counsel for the prosecution. We're not there to tell other people what they should do and why they should do it. And sadly, sometimes that's the way people share. Telling people how they should live their life and should do their life and should be doing this, shouldn't be doing that. We're not called upon to be a counsel for the prosecution. And we're not the judge. We're not to judge whether people are in or out. We're not to judge whether people are right or wrong. We're just there to witness what we've known and experienced and shared with others. Lay hold of the folks.
It will be the greatest thing you can ever do for the kingdom of heaven. Just gossip the gospel with those around you. And what a time it is now. If ever there was a time when people need to hear the simple, lovely story of Jesus and his saving grace, it's this age that we live in now. We're living in an age of people who are more insecure than probably ever before. With all the stuff that's around us, whether it's COVID, whether it's climate change, whether it's the war that's going on at the moment that we could look and see that it could be a third world wipeout, and all the stuff that's taking place that's causing insecurity in the hearts and the lives of people around us and fear. What a time for you and I to be just able to let people know it's okay. Because Jesus says it's okay. The Word of God says it's okay. In the, in the, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12 and verse 26 it says that we are receiving a kingdom that can never be shaken we live in the kingdom that can never be shaken we are people who are living in the unshakable kingdom and we've got that message to take to the world we're living, we're living in a world whose kingdoms are shaken badly and their understanding of life shaken and their understanding of the future shaken but we live in the unshakable kingdom and just go and tell people yeah, that's right, yeah. we've got the message yeah. we've got the hope so can they. In 1 Peter, in the Living Bible, it says who we are. Listen to this. He's talking again to all those who believe. You have been chosen by God Himself. You are priests and the king. And you know the, the word priest where in the in the Latin is the word pontifex. And the word pontifex is a bridge builder. So you are, it says, you are the bridge builders of the king. You are the ones over which people come to God and God comes to people. That's the way it's done. You are holy and pure. You are God's very own. Now you may not see yourself greatly holy or pure, but God does. That's how he sees you. You are holy and pure. You are God's very own. 
that you may show others how God called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That's what you were called for. To show others how God called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Listen, kids. Your future, what a wonderful future is yours. To know and to understand your great calling for the kingdom. Listen, you old mob. Stop looking at anyone in particular. But you've still got a great opportunity in the days ahead to let people know who he is and what he's done. Let me close with this. Sue and I went to the Solomon Islands a couple of years ago to conduct, conduct a crusade on the island of Munda. And Munda was where the headquarters of the United Church was. And the guy who was the director for that, the officers was there, uh, sent me this invitation to come and conduct the crusade there on this island. And we went, we went there and we had a wonderful time. But while we were there, the, this director said, I've, I've got a brother and uh, his name's James and he's resistant to church and he's turned his back on it. And we really desperately want to see him come in, in the kingdom. And, uh, and he said at the moment he's in hospital. He's, he's had, got an infection, I think it was in his foot or something. So would you go and talk to him? So I went to the hospital and he heard that we were coming and locked himself in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, several times we tried to get in touch with him. And, bring him the, the message that he so desperately needed to hear. It came the day for us to come back home and to fly back home. And we'd sent messages of the, of the good news of Jesus to him. We've got no response. And then we, the plane, plane came in, taxied in, and people began to get on board. And James burst into the, into the terminal and came to me. And I was over the drawing side and telling my story, which was his story too. And as the plane prepared to take off, he walked out with me to the tarmac and then fell on his knees at the tarmac. Sue was in the plane waiting and she, uh, she saw two pilots who looked across at the stairs at the edge of the tarmac 
and the other people that were there looking out the window across they saw James come into the kingdom as he fell on his knees and wept his way to Jesus which was just really hearing the good news the story and now he's telling that story his story all over Munda that's our story you want to be in ministry You want to do things for God? Just tell your story. The world's desperately needing to hear it. Let's pray. wonderful story is your story father your story to me and to anyone who will hear and receive what a way to be able to come into the kingdom and thank you that you've called us into the kingdom touch our hearts afresh here this morning help us to see again just to be reminded of what a great story we've got to tell the world and help us Lord to open our hearts that the Holy Spirit within us will tell the story to those around us. Bless us. We pray your anointing to our hearts and to our lives. I wonder, just as we're in his presence at this moment, If you want to say afresh to the Lord, Lord, help me tell my story, which is your story. Give me your spirit to live by mine. Without fear, just let those around us know I'm yours. And so can they be. you want to pray here this morning for that anointing afresh to your heart and to your life just just where you are I want you to stand and just say Lord I want to be in that place where I can tell your story as my story to those around me anoint me afresh with a ministry of witness.
Lord, be with me in this. Just stand. And I want to pray the blessing upon you. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you, Lord. And we want to thank you afresh. That we heard that story and we responded that we now are yours. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we may be given the strength and the power of your Spirit to witness our faith to others. That we might be part of their coming your kingdom. I bless you, precious people who stand in his presence now. I bless you with an anointing of the Holy Spirit to be given a greater sense of who you are in Christ and who anyone else can be in Christ. I pray that blessing and anointing upon you in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.